Alyssa McLemore went missing in Kent, Washington in 2009. After years of taking care of her sick mother, she disappeared three days before her mother would pass away. She never showed for the funeral, and no one has heard from her since. Though she has been missing for over 12 years now, her family has never given up on finding Alyssa. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Alyssa McLemore comes from a very big, close-knit family. They describe Alyssa as being quite a character, having a good sense of humor and loving outdoor adventures, like canoeing and playing ultimate frisbee. She was a beautiful girl with a bright smile and came from a family of proud Alaskan natives of Aleut descent. On the evening of April 9, 2009, Alyssa spoke with her grandmother around 6.30 p.m. The two spoke briefly, and little did anyone know that this would be the last time anyone heard from her. At the time, Alyssa's mother was hospitalized due to an ongoing illness. Her grandmother had called to let Alyssa know that her mother's condition was getting worse and that she should come see her as soon as she could. Alyssa said she'd be by in a little while, but then never showed up. She didn't show up the next day either, or the next. Three days after the last contact with Alyssa, her mother finally succumbed to her sickness and died. The family was devastated and thought surely this would not keep Alyssa away. They attempted to contact her numerous times to inform her of her mother's passing. After countless missed calls and unanswered messages, the family began to worry. Then when it came time for the funeral, Alyssa was a no-show. The family reported her missing, 
For the past several years, Alyssa had acted as her mother's caretaker, and the two never went long without checking in. It was obvious something was wrong. When police started investigating Alyssa's case, they realized that she had made a call to 911 around April 9th at 9 p.m., just hours after speaking with her grandmother. The call only lasted a few seconds, and the dispatcher was unable to get any information from the caller. He said all he heard was what he described as a woman scream for help, and then seconds later, the line was disconnected. Because of the briefness of the phone call, he was unable to call the phone back. Alyssa's phone was not equipped with GPS, and a few days later, the phone would lose service permanently. Police couldn't track her phone, but they do believe that the call for help was made within the Kent area of Washington. Later, a witness did come forward who knew Alyssa and had seen her on the 9th. This witness claimed she saw Alyssa talking to a man in a green pickup. She said Alyssa seemed to know the man, and the two were seen chatting casually. The man was estimated to be between 50 and 60 years old and was around 5 foot 8 and 180 pounds. The truck was a green 90s model pickup truck that may have had an Oregon license plate. At the time of her disappearance, Alyssa had a 3-year-old daughter who was being watched by Alyssa's father. With a sick mother and 3-year-old daughter to take care of too, Alyssa had her hands full, but she was not alone. Her aunt, Tina Russell, became a stand-in mother for Alyssa ever since Alyssa's mom first received her diagnosis. She has since felt the loss of a child like a mother would, and she continues to hold hope and space for Alyssa. She held a public vigil for Alyssa every year, hoping to raise awareness and bring renewed attention to the case, unfortunately, to no avail. In 2019, Russell said that she would be holding the last public vigil. From there on, the family would hold a private event. The emotional and physical toll it took on Russell and her family was proving to be too much. For those of us not closely involved in these cases, life goes on once the smoke around a victim begins to fade away. We see a new face every day, making us more and more callous to the people really involved. But for the families, it never ends. They simply adjust, learn to adapt to a new life of living with ongoing grief. They are unable to work through loss because they have to keep hope alive. Hope that maybe she will come home. Tina Russell spoke about how each year gets harder, not easier. She is constantly haunted by guilt and finds herself asking, what else can I do? What didn't I do? There is no peace for these families stuck in the limbo of are they dead or alive? Do we keep going or do we pack it up? Do we move on or is that wrong? There are no real theories around what happened to Alyssa. Of course, because she had to occasionally result to sex work for income, and since the spot she was last seen was in a popular spot for that sort of work, it is popularly believed that she was picked up by a John. And this has contributed to a lack of movement in Alyssa's case. This is the biggest issue facing these women. A lack of interest because of their lifestyle. We've heard it over and over again in the true crime scene. A lack of interest because of their socio socioeconomic class. A lack of interest because of their heritage. A lack of interest because of their appearance. But Alyssa, like all of these women, is more than those things. She is strong and resilient, taking care of her sick mom while trying to be one herself. She is loved and missed by those who live with holes in their lives because her presence is not there. She is more than just a number. She is a daughter, a sister, a mother, a niece, and a person who deserves to be brought home. In May of 2019, Camway Transportation, homeward bound truck wrapping, along with Washington State Patrol, donated and wrapped a truck for the McLemore family. The tractor trailer is wrapped with photos of Alyssa along with a simple description and information on how to contact the police with information. 
The company had always featured missing children on its trucks, but when they were presented with Alyssa's case and saw how little exposure she was given, they agreed to feature her story as well. The truck was unveiled on June 5, 2019 at a ceremony in Olympia, Washington. Alyssa's missing persons report is listed as follows. A biracial, being Native Alaskan and Black, female, between 5'1 and 5'3 and 130 pounds, with brown eyes and black hair. She has a scar on her abdomen. She would be 34 now. Also, if you would like to support the missing, murdered, and indigenous women's fight to bring light to those in the Native community, or just want to learn more, you can call or email them at 503-891-0040 or email at mmiwusa at gmail.com. That's mmiwusa at gmail.com. Or you can message on their Facebook page at facebook.com slash mmiwusa. And again, if you have any information regarding Alyssa McLemore, please contact the Kent Police Department at 253-856-5800. That's 253-856-5800. And all of this information and these numbers will be in the sources below the episode description. So if you guys forget, no worries. Well, guys, there you go. There is the tragic case of Alyssa McLemore, um, another missing indigenous woman um, in Canada and Alaska and in the Northwest U.S. This is a real problem. Missing indigenous women, especially if they are sex workers, are just overlooked. I mean, sex workers are overlooked in general. Um, But in this case, it just seems like everything was there if they would have acted quickly. Because the fact that she went missing and then her mother died and then she wasn't there for the funeral, I feel like that's a guarantee like something happened to this girl within 48 hours, right? Somebody abducted her within 48 hours. So we know that. She didn't show up for her mother's funeral. She didn't call. That just wasn't like her. She wasn't there to to take care of her child. Not like Alyssa at all. And I don't know if the police took this serious um, when she was first reported missing or if it was already too late by then. But I mean, I feel like a green pickup, uh, a green pickup in the Northwest area, um, I just feel like this could have been, this could have been jumped on a little bit better if it was taken more serious. Um, The witness who saw the man in his 50s and 60s in the green pickup, I mean, that could literally be anybody. But how many cases have we seen like this? Um, Another case comes to mind that we did not that long ago um, of... Amber Takaro, who was seen getting into a pickup, and then actually there was a a recording of a phone call that she made to her brother where she was talking with a man who was in a pickup, and she was arguing with him about where they were going. Amber Takaro. Also, Selena Not Afraid, another indigenous woman who has disappeared in a very similar fashion um, to Alyssa. And these cases, and these are just the ones that we're able to find. And you see how short this episode is. You see, we're nine minutes in and I'm already, I'm already in the summary. I'm already giving my opinion because that's all the information we have. And it's so discouraging when covering these cases because I want to bring you guys you know, enough information, enough of an episode, but also these cases need to be told by someone. Just because there's little information doesn't mean um, that the awareness should not be out there. Absolutely. I mean, imagine if this was your daughter, if this was your mother, if this was your sister, 
um, regardless, you would want this out there. And so that's why I choose to do these cases anyways. Now with this one, it seems like, um, if I had to guess, I would say that it seems like some type of John with ill intentions picked her up. Another psychopath that we got riding around out there somewhere who also doesn't value uh, women of the night, sex workers, and what they're doing, even though they've probably utilized them for years and years, if not been killing them. But this, it, the man having an Oregon license plate, I guess that would also um, that would also lead that this man probably did this on the regular. He was driving. He was traveling. Right? He was in Washington. I know it's just one state away, but still. Getting out of your neighborhood, getting out of your area does a lot, especially when you're when you're in a city. Right? So it's just it seems pretty obvious what happened here. And we'll probably never hear or see of Alyssa again, but I hope that is not the case. I hope her family can at least get closure. She can be found, she can be laid to rest, and they can grieve properly and move on instead of sitting here holding out hope that maybe maybe she's out there, maybe she had a mental break, maybe she ran away, maybe she needed some time, maybe taking care of her sick and dying mother and her child was just too much, was just too much for her. And maybe she fled, but I seriously, seriously doubt that. Something nefarious happened here. And hopefully we will have closure in this case. But for now, all we can do is speculate. Guys, so I'm sure you have your theories. I'm sure you have your ideas, especially if you're in that area. Uh, if there's, Of course, as always, if there's anyone in that area of Washington um, that has any type of information and knows anything, I, I would love to know it as well. But more importantly, let someone know. Let the police know. Let the Kent police know. Um, Email the Facebook page, the Missing Indigenous Women's pages that are linked below this description of this episode. All right, guys. So with that, there's only one thing left to do. Let's get into this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like, breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like, Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here, here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. The 2009 disappearance of 21-year-old Alyssa Micklemore, who lived with her mother and grandmother at the time in Kent, Washington, when she disappeared in April of 2009. Her grandmother had called her on the 9th to ask her to come home as quickly as possible because her mother's... Uh, terminal illness had taken a turn for the worst, and she wanted uh, her to have the chance to see her before it was too late. Um, Alyssa told her grandmother that she would be home as soon as possible um, and was never heard from again, unfortunately, except with the exception of a 911 call from her phone, which is believed to be her the next day at 9.15 p.m. on April 10th. The, the phone call only lasted about 10 seconds, and she was frantic on the phone uh, before the phone call was cut off. And that was the last time she was heard from by anybody. It's now been 11, over 11 years since this occurred. And um, the only real thing that anyone has to go on, investigators, is reports that uh, of who the last person she was seen with. She was known to be on Kent's West Hill, which is a known 
sex work area, and she was known to um, use sex work as a means for income at the time. And she was apparently approached by a 1990s model pickup truck, a Ford. And the uh, witnesses also said that the driver of the truck had out-of-state license plates, and it was a white man who was about five foot eight and 180 pounds. Um, I know there's a lot of talk of maybe she's still out there, but I tend to think that's a long shot. I think tying everything together, um, sex work being a very dangerous trade, obviously, um, out-of-state plates, the man in the pickup, the 911 call, I don't think she's been alive for a long time. I think she unfortunately was killed um, potentially by the man that she was last seen with. And I think um, nothing's going to break in this case until uh, there, you know, her body is found. This is just my opinion, obviously. There's still a slim chance that she's out there. Um, but as good of a mother as she was reported to be, I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't have found a way to get back to her daughter no matter what happened. Um, I know there's talk that she could have been sold into uh, the sex trade, and it would be hard to get out of that, obviously. But uh, I think the most likely scenario, unfortunately, is that she was killed um, by one of uh, the Johns that uh, picked her up, which we've seen it happens. So, yeah, uh, I'm not sure what can happen until something breaks as far as, you know, um, her body being found or something along those lines. So yeah, tragic case. Um, uh, she seemed like a, a, a young, beautiful, great mother and, um, was loved by her friends and family. And yeah, it's a tragic case. And I hope that some closure comes in this case in in you know, whatever form it takes, but yeah, it's gotta be horrible, um, to be her family and not know and just not know, you know, that's the worst part is not knowing whether she is out there, what happened to her. Um, and I, I really feel for them. So that's my thoughts. Hope you guys enjoyed it. See you next week. All right, guys. Uh, right away, I want to apologize for some of the uh, audio quality in that Lauren synopsis there. We had a little difficulty uh, recording this week. That happens from time to time. I apologize. I hope it wasn't too distracting, and I hope you guys still got the grasp of the synopsis. Um, I don't. I don't think it was that bad. But excellent points by Lauren, as always. Um, and unfortunately, I think this is the case. I, I don't think Alyssa is with us anymore. Unfortunately, but nobody. It's impossible to have closure. So hopefully, something happens soon, and her body can be found and that family can have closure. Um, but moving on, guys. Um, as always, I hope you enjoyed this retelling of this case, at least enjoyed learning about this information, and hopefully it will cause you to look up more missing and indigenous women and women of color who have gone missing uh, all the time. They're going missing all the time, um, and it has to be it has to be louder. Our voices have to be louder in this regard. And I think a lot of that's coming to attention with the Gabby Petito case in the news right now. I know you guys are hearing a lot of this, but really, it is it is a truth. It's an unfortunate truth. 
that these women just do not get the same coverage. And I know with the Gabby Petito case, you have the you have the cell phone footage, you have the fact that they were influencers, so they filmed everything, and then you have the body cam footage. Um, so you have a lot to interest you in this story. There's a lot for the media to work with, and in these missing indigenous women's cases, there rarely is. I understand that, but either way, guys, we need to keep our ears out, keep our eyes out, and we need to be spreading the word by word of mouth or however you can. So I want to thank you guys for everything you do um, to help with those cases. Um, But one way to help with those cases is supporting this show to help us get the word out there, spreading the word about this show. A great way to help this show is to leave a review uh, like a few people have over the last week. I want to give a shout out to Tirassi. Left a five-star review, said, love it. I was browsing for new podcasts to binge since I listen for eight plus hours a day for work, and this one doesn't disappoint. It's actually cases I haven't heard a ton of times before, which is a feat in itself. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Also, Late Night Listener left a five-star review, said, new to this. I just discovered this podcast. It's a great addition to my library. Thank you so much. Um, also, a three-star review here. It says, Adir- uh, from Adirable. It says, almost really good, but a bit sloppy. I agree with other reviews that the writing and research feels off and in need of an editor. The stories are interesting, but the storytelling needs more structure. Well, thank you. We appreciate that criticism, and I appreciate the uh, genuine three-star review. Um, and we, I feel like we are getting better at this every single week. Uh, we, don't, we are a small operation here at True Crime Guys Productions. We have four or five people on, on staff here. So we kind of have to keep things in-house, and we're all learning and getting better and proofreading each other's work and whatnot. So I think that is getting better as we go. And I think if you listen to one of the first 10 episodes and you listen to one of the last 10, I think you're going to notice quite, quite a change, quite an improvement. So in that case, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, so that's all for the reviews. Also want to give a big thanks to some new patrons this week, guys. That's the number one way to support this show and to get extra content. If you really like this show, if you like what we do in True Crime Guys Productions, you like you like hearing my voice or whatever it is, you guys can join patreon.com slash podcast. And um, for three bucks a month, you get early access to this show as well as Strange Shorts every Monday that I do with a good friend of mine now. Uh, his name is Andy. He's he's hilarious. He stays current in true crime. And we try to bring the new, funny, true crime stories, but also touch on the stuff that's current like Gabby Petito, updates like that as well. And we release that every Monday on Patreon at the $3 tier. So for just $3 a month, you guys can get stay up to date on true crime and funny true crime as well uh, with Strange Shorts. And that's every Monday. Um if you look back through the feed, I will be, I think I've only released one so far, but every time we have a Sandu Stories, I will release a Strange Shorts episode that was released on that Monday for free on the free platform. So you guys will get to hear every fourth episode or so from now on. So if you like those and you want to hear more of those, there's 45, 46 episodes of Strange Shorts right now um, available on Patreon. And like I said, the new one comes out on Monday. And if you'd like to bump up to the $5 tier, uh, like Erica McFarland has this month, you can have access to not only uh, Strange Shorts, but also Sandu Stories. Oh, I also forgot about Higher Thoughts. Higher Thoughts comes out every other Saturday on the $3 tier as well. So that's a lot of content on your $3 tier. But on the $5 tier, 
you get access to Sandu Stories as well, which is you know, every month when I release that Strange Shorts on the free platform, there is a Sandu Stories, a radio show, almost audio book, documentary feel story um, written about a case with voice actors and sound effects and, and scene setting and all sorts of things like that. I've released a few on the free platform, and I think there's also one for free on the True Crime Guys platform as well, if you would like to check that out. But we have a new one coming out this month I am super excited about. Um, it's coming out next week, and it's going to be on the death of Edgar Allan Poe. And I am stoked about getting this one out, guys. It's going to be the new Sandu Stories. I think it's chapter 8, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yes, all that is on patreon.com slash Podcast. also want to give another big shout-out to another patron who joined on $3 tier, Rory Shields. Thank you guys so much. Um, we're almost at 90 patrons. Guys, when I hit 100 patrons, we need to, we'll do something. I'll, I'll freaking do something. I don't know, but it's going to be cool. Maybe we'll do like a big giveaway. Maybe I'll give away something in the studio. Maybe I'll give away some true crime, or maybe I'll buy somebody some merch or something. We're going to do something when we hit 100 patrons. So we're almost there, guys. We're coming up on 90. We're so close. So thank you so much for your constant support. Uh, it means the world to me to be able to do this for a living. You guys have no idea. So thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Anything else? All the links to True Crime Guys, productions, uh, merch, anything that you want to, to view, to check out, is listed right below. Check out the link, the True Crime Guys link tree. It says everything True Crime Guys. Click on that link tree. And you can get access to the True Crime Guys Patreon, the Strange and Unexplained Patreon, um, our Spotify album that is uh, 10 songs, the True Crime Guys Killer Mixtape, uh, Volume 1. You can get access to all of that on the link tree, as well as our YouTube channel. We're posting some videos um, that are basically just audio. So if you like to listen on YouTube for any reason, go check out True Crime Guys on YouTube. Make sure you're clicking on our, our new school TV logo, not the old school logo of the headshots. That's someone else who stole our content and is just posting our videos and our links. So do me a favor. Don't click. Don't support the person who's stealing our content. If you could, please support us. Look for the orange and teal, uh, the, the new school TV logo on all of our videos. All right, guys. I think that's about all the rambling I got time for. Uh, we got a new Strange Shorts coming out on Monday. New Higher Thoughts coming out on Saturday. Um, but if you're on the free platform, you're hearing this. This stuff is already out. Okay? So I got a new Sandu Stories coming out uh, this next Thursday on Patreon. All right? All right, guys. Thank you so much for your continued support. And remember, be strange. Just don't be goddamn strangers. All right? We'll talk to you later. See you guys.